Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today, we've got something really special and very unique. Got a special young person today sharing with us, and her name is Shanti. Shanti, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much. And where are you calling from today? Uh, I'm calling from California. Right on. That's cool. Have you lived there all your life? I have. Um... Well, like, I've moved cities and stuff, but, like, I've always been in California. Right on. That's cool. And, uh, you know, all of my guests are special, of course, but there is something about you that's rather unique, and I just want to point that out right away, because I personally find it to be very interesting. You're only 14, right? Yeah. That's great. And uh, one of the things that brought us together today is that you have some remarkable accomplishments that we're going to talk about in a little while. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But before we do that, I'd like to just talk a little bit about life and what your perspective as a young person is, if you don't mind. Of course. So I got a weird question for you. What's the earliest memory you ever remember having in life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, It's like I have a bunch of really old memories, but to order them is kind of hard. Totally. Uh, Oh, that's a great question. Sorry. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. While you're thinking about it, I'll tell you mine. How about that? Okay. 
All right, cool. Because I don't get to share a lot. I ask a lot of questions and don't answer many. So <laughs> uh, this is fun for me. Um, my earliest memory, actually, and I'm 50 years old, and I still remember this. Um, I can remember being in the crib and laying down and looking up and seeing red, white, and blue striped wallpaper in the room where I was born into. You know, when I was born, they brought me home. and. The room had red, white, and blue wallpaper, and I remember my brother, my middle brother, coming in to pick me up when I was just a little tiny baby. Uh, don't ask me how I remember that, but I do, and somewhere between that and when we moved to Arizona when I was 18 months old, I also remember being um, under the bed with that same brother jumping on it to scare the shit out of me, and it worked, um, pardon my French. Uh, it really did. So those two memories are the ones that come to mind and a couple of others, but it was all by the time I was 18 months old, which is really amazing. I can't believe I could remember back that far, but um, for me, those are definitely the first memories. I think for me, I vaguely remember um, my first birthday. Oh, And wow. I think, so I was looking back at old photos, um, with uh, my mom and I noticed like there were some things like I very vaguely remembered so I remember um, our family cat dying when I was about three years old um, and like things like that like I just remember little snapshots of being somewhere or doing something or like music and stuff that we like listened to when I was that young. It's like little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Does it? Um, do you think the memories stick out mostly because of who was there, or the circumstances surrounding it, the music? What do you think locks in memories like that? Not quite sure. Um, for me, it's just like pictures almost of different things. Um, like I remember like. <laughs> well, I, I have. I remember walking across, and it might have been. Like, I don't know, I remember when I took a walk. Like, I can mm. kind of almost really remember that. Um, wow. But that one might be like the circumstances, but otherwise it's just pictures that kind of, I remember. That's cool. Wow, walking for the first time. What a neat memory. How cool. Um, yeah. It's nice that memories aren't all trauma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of them can be. You're a little young to have to worry about trauma, so don't worry, you'll get to it. <laughs> uh, we all do. Um, so as you were growing up, I take it you have both parents still, is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. And your parents have been together how long? Um, 30-something years? 40 years? Oh, wow. Really long. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have siblings? I have a twin sister. A twin sister? Yeah. Uh-oh. Does she act like you and do the same things that you do? <laughs> We're very different. Um, she's like significantly taller than me, and um, I'm older than by a minute. Uh, and like completely different. But when we were younger, we used to um, be mistaken for each other all the time. Wow, that's so funny. Uh, I'd imagine that would be fun having a twin to play with people and play pranks and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't think your generation is as tuned into posting all that kind of garbage on YouTube, is it? I mean, not really. Like when we were, um, when I was younger, I posted a lot of. I didn't just know I posted a lot of random stuff, but I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah, right on. That's cool. That's cool. And then growing up, um, I know you're still growing up. You're still a young lady. 
but as you were uh, a child, you know, you, you, we're going to get to this, but um, when you were a child, does any of the things that you were thinking as a child line up with who you are today? Well, um, I think so. I don't know. When I think about how I used to think as a child, it's very funny. Um, when I was here, I thought I was part hawk, and I thought I had superpowers for a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very elementary school thing. Like, every elementary school had something that they, like, pretend. I don't know. But, um, but I mean, I used to want to um, be an author when I was younger, so that's kind of fun. Um, like, things like that. So, imagination was a big part of that. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. And did you grow up in a normal, you know, like city or was it uh, tumultuous like LA and places where there's lots of traffic and crime and stuff? Like, do you live in I a grew state? Up in, I grew up in LA. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in San Diego and I grew up in Irvine. Just well, I What's that? I live in San Diego now. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a lot better, but. Man, it's crazy. It's changed so much. I mean, you wouldn't know the difference, but... Oh, God. Yeah, it wasn't like it is. Like, there were so few people, and there was no paying for parking at the beach, and... uh, But that's another story. Um, That's another story. And when you were growing up, um, what would you say are some things that kind of led you to understanding that you were different, you know, and that you had something special to offer? about what age do you think you were? Like, do you remember when, when you like said to yourself, you know what, I'm gonna do something? Wasn't until sixth grade. Um, looking back on it now, I've always been a kind of special kid. I mean, in elementary school, like, I was like six years old, six, seven, eight years old, very young. And I um, would create these little, like, quote unquote books. They're just made out of paper, but they had, like, dedication pages and copyright pages, I just thought that was normal, it was really interesting. And then, um, but really it wasn't until like sixth grade when I actually realized like, oh, I'm kind of special. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, so you did these books and uh, you're, you know, already kind of tuned into your imagination and whatnot. Um, did you get any inspiration from people to do, you know, creative writing or anything like that? Sort of. I have to say, a lot of my inspiration originally just with writing um, came from spite. Sort of. I mean, mm. so in fourth grade, um, there was a kid that wasn't really nice to me. He told me I was a horrible writer. So I like made it my entire life goal to keep him on. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> particularly inspired by like real people write books and characters mainly because I'm scared like what if they read it and know it's not them however definitely like experiences I get inspired by and things I see but right on did you ever like to play role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons or LARPing or anything like that not really I played a lot of um I don't know like the board games I like I like to play and stuff uh oh I'm forgetting all of them but I never like played like um you know, like physical, like role-playing games, but um, I played like RPG games, like video games. Stuff. Right on. That's cool. Would you say that you spend a lot of time um, playing video games and stuff like that? Not anymore, but I used to. All right, cool. When did you get out of that? Seventh, eighth grade, maybe. I just I haven't had any time. However, um, my favorite video game is Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So 
I never finished it. I got so close to finishing it, I never was able to finish it. And I've had it for literally six years, or however long since it came out. Um, I really just have to play it again. Right on, that's cool. You think you'll finish it? I think so. Right on. That's, I have a friend that is into some games and stuff, and I forget the name of them, but uh, one of them is Mass Effect, and the way that he gets through them is going uh, through all the cheat tutorials and finding out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that ridiculous? I mean, to me, it would take all the fun out of it, but whatever, you know. Um, we're dealing with XP points. <laughs> um, that's cool. And so you kind of got out of video games about the time that some people are just getting into them. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about young people spending way too much time connected and all that. What do you think about the way that um, digital devices have played a role in your life growing up? Um, did you have a cell phone when you were really young? So, not a cell phone. I had an iPad when I was relatively young, and I like played, again, like a lot of um, like games and stuff. I got um, my cell phone the summer between 5th and 6th grade, so... Right on. Cool. Yeah, I was looking up uh, some information about your generation, and you're the first generation that are considered digital natives. So you were born into the digital realm. You don't know what life was like before the internet, right? Like, I mean, you have no, yeah. con no concept whatsoever of that, right? Yeah. I kind of, um, I joke about it a lot, but genuinely, I don't know what I would do without myself. Uh-huh, totally. It was different, you know. I don't know if you can appreciate this, but um, one of the things that I thought was kind of cool about it is that, for example, when you had a friend that was going to call you or whatever, they had to have your phone number first. It wasn't easy to look it up. If you were unlisted, they weren't gonna get it. And you know, your little friends, they don't even know your last name. So like, they have to have the number. Then you have to be home to get the call before answering machine, you know? And it's yeah. like, if you, if you missed it, then you missed it. And you just went on about your day and did what you did and hope they called later. And it's that simple, but totally different. Like no instant gratification. I mean, honestly, the most instant gratification we got probably is the ability to turn on a TV or like plug in a, a cassette tape or even an eight track. <laughs> You're like, what's that? Um, I don't know if you know what that is, but yeah, there's things have changed a lot, that's for sure, but it's really fascinating. Um, so just kind of jumping into your writing and stuff, tell me a little bit about how your parents and your family influenced you to be, you know, who you are and however you'd like to describe that. So I'm not really sure how much, like, an influence my family is other than, like, there are some scenarios in my book. Um, I don't know. Actually, I thought I just realized, like, they're not really, I don't know. Like, you can't really find anything else about my family in my books, usually, but I think they've kind of influenced me because they've been there for me, and they've just kind of... It's like they don't really need to help me as much as they're, like, there for support and there to kind of um, give me confidence a lot. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. And they encourage you a lot? Yeah. What's uh, the most memorable uh, encouragement you've received from either of your parents? What'd they I'm tell you? Great question. 
Um, well, whenever my parents read my book and like tell me what they think about them, it's always really great. I just I always remember when I was writing my first novel, I constantly asked my parents, um, like, am I a good writer? Am I a good writer? And they said yes, but they didn't actually know. And then after they read the book, they were like, oh yeah, you're actually a good writer. Yeah. Do, do you pay an editor too, or do you do all your own writing? So I have um, a writing coach who helps me like edit my book um, and proofread them and just make sure there's no like pauses. Super, super. That's cool. Very cool. And you mentioned your sister's kind of different. Does she do anything like this? Is she involved in writing as well? Um, no, but she um, makes jewelry and does aerial films. Right on. That's cool. So both of you have kind of a passion for doing your own thing. Yeah. That is awesome. So looking at yourself and just kind of reflecting for a minute, um, tell me how you're different than other people that are your age today. Because uh, there's a lot of talk about different generations, and I mean, boy, lucky you, you're not a millennial. Uh, those are the ones that got the most heat, but uh, you're a Gen Z person, right? That's what they call you. Yep. Cool. So how are you different? Because you definitely have a motivation that's uncharacteristic for young people, in my opinion. You're very motivated. You've achieved some things which we're going to get to, and I can't wait to talk about. Um, but what would you say really sets you apart and makes you different? Is it a sense of sacrifice or is it something else? I mean, in a way, it's just a work ethic that I have that I think a lot of teens unfortunately don't. And it's just also like, I'm really, you know, I'm very passionate about writing and I have like this thing that I really love to do. And, you know, a lot of teens, there are also a lot of teens who like to write, but there are also, you know, a lot of teens just like to play video games and waste their time. I mean, I don't know, I waste my time staring at Peter a lot. And I do do things, like I do watch YouTube all the time. But also, I, I mean, I was a kid in elementary school who knew what they wanted to do when they grew up like a very, at a very young age and stuck with it for years. That's cool. Did that, um, did that kind of make you indifferent to the other kids? Were you odd or weird or like, did that make you the leader of the group? Like, how did that affect your role in, in you know, the social dynamics of school? It didn't really affect me very much. I think what affected me kind of in the social dynamics was that I was the um, girl in elementary school who was into the quote-unquote like boyish things. So like in fourth grade, I was really obsessed with Beyblades and all the boys thought that was really weird and like all the girls thought that was really weird because like... Did you say Beyblades? Yeah. What What's that? It's like a game of battling spinning tops. It's really interesting. It has a TV show to go along with it too. Um, it's a very strange franchise that I love. Okay. So, like, wait, like a TV show? Yeah, and then there's, like, toys to go along Oh, I see. Okay, cool. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, everybody likes different TV shows. What's the big deal? I don't know. It's just, it's technically, it's, like, targeted towards boys, I guess. I could never really figure it out. Oh, I see. So, would you have considered yourself a tomboy? Yeah. Okay, cool. Not afraid to get down in the mud and play with the crawdads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew girls like that. They used to really freak me out because I was more scared than they were. <laughs> but even when I was young, I still don't like things like that. But like, yeah, I remember people like that. I always thought it was cool, actually. I liked it. Um, you know, because, uh, I don't know, girls are really special, but... When they do boy stuff, I think that makes them even more special. I don't know why they would exclude you or make you seem, you know, anything less than interesting for having that interest. 
So I don't get it. Um, but whatever, you know, times are changing. And uh, when you were in school, did you experience any different behavior? Like uh, because you were a different person? Like, for example, were you really advanced in school? Did you fall behind? Did you get bullied? Like, what types of things happened as your experience progressed in this realization of who you were? I mean, academically, I think I've always been really good at, um, like, English. And I've always, um, kind of, I don't know. It's not really bad at math. I just don't like to do math. So. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did get bullied, but, you know. That's cool. Know. That's okay. No worries. Um, but did you have any problems with like um, other kids or anything like that? Or was it all pretty smooth? Did you have a lot of friends? What was that like for you? I feel like I had like a couple of friends who were really close to me and like, I guess, I don't know. It's hard to remember, I feel like, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of alluding to the bullying stuff. You have a a hard stance on anti-bullying. That's what I was going for. Oh, yeah. Um, can you talk about that? Did you experience that or did you see it or how did that play into your um, school experience? Okay, so when I was in the sixth grade, I got bullied really, really badly. And um, what I ended up doing actually was I wrote a book about it because uh-huh. that was like my way to cope. And that book did insanely well. So it's like my most popular book. Um, but yeah, I just always felt like, you know, bullying is a real problem. It feels often looked over, kind of, and people turn a blind eye to it. So, like, I like really speaking up about it. Totally. That is really cool. So, you took what would otherwise be a um, an event that would stop you, you know, but you actually used it as motivation to do something creative. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. That's cool. How long did it take you to realize that that's what you needed to do? Like, the first time you got bullied, or was it after a bunch of times? Like, at what point did you realize, you know what, I need to write about this? It was after the really bad event that I realized um, that I had to do that. I ended up, um, so what I ended up doing actually was, it was right in the middle of the pandemic where I was still trying to recover from it and I ended up like I started out writing like a first chapter and I couldn't do it it took probably a few months later for me to actually sit down and do it but once I was actually able just to get the words out it went really well and it was pretty quick in terms that, of compared to my other books that is really cool and how long did it take start to finish to write the book a few weeks that's it yeah it's a novel tool in poetry so it's like a little quicker than my full text novels the full text novels take probably like two months, one month um, for the first draft, but this one took like under two weeks. That's amazing. Do you set goals like to write a certain number of words every day? How do you keep up with a schedule like that? Yeah, I try to write um, a thousand, I write a thousand words every day, but over the summer, which I wrote that book over the summer, it's a lot more per day. Yeah, I would think so. Good Lord. Good for you. That's good. And how do you tune out all the distractions? Like. You know, you're focused on doing your thing. Is it just a sense of joy that you experience and that keeps you glued to it? How do you keep from all the things keeping you away? Like, I mean, man, there's a number of things, you know, the TV, the computer, the phone, friends, like all kinds of things. Like, how do you avoid all that and stay focused? So usually sometimes I'll want to like watch YouTube or TikTok and I'll, or I'll like watch movies. 
Um, but I'll tell myself, like, it'll be much more rewarding after you've already written a thousand words. And um, to get everything out, like, I like listening to music and just finding, like, a quiet place often in my room. Yeah, totally. That was me, too. I, I still do that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the coolest thing ever. Um, gosh, you know, that's an interesting thought. Um, just out of left field here, do you... Do you, do you have any records, like uh, records, or do you just like have CDs and digital music? No, I just listen to music digitally. Okay, cool. Um, so I can't ask you what the first album you bought was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's so funny. Um, but you do remember music from an early age. What kind of music were you exposed to that uh, led to you loving music as you do? That's a great question. So my favorite um, music artist from about first grade to, um, I mean, still one of my favorites, Elton John. Awesome. Cool. What song? Uh, Madman Across the Water is my favorite. Right on. Good for you. Good for you. Do you like uh, all the oldies too and whatnot, or do you like mostly newer things? I like all these um, old ones too. Right on. Eclectic taste. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. And um, kind of digging into a little bit more of your writing, I don't want to... Oh, man, there's so much here. I don't even know how to start, but... Good Lord, you've written 18 books I, I read about you, and 11 are published. Is that right? Yeah. And you started this at what age? Uh, 12 years old. At 12. Okay, so in two years, you've written all these books, and you've had 11 of them published. Yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> How did you do that? A lot that? of it is um, really just writing, like saying that every day, but it's also just this motivation. I have, like, it kind of just a really strong motivation to write. Yeah. So... I just committed to writing each day, and I sort of I made it a habit now, so I can't go a day without writing. And because of that, I just can like without books really quickly. That is amazing, and uh, one of the hardest things I think, anyway, and especially when I was getting into it. But you know, even today, I guess it happens. I like to make music and stuff, and sometimes it's hard to finish something. You know, um, it's almost like there's never an end. How do you? put an end on something when you're writing like how do you figure you know are you just like using an MLA, MLA style format or whatever it's like you know intro you know chapter one two three four five you know and then conclusion or is it um, you know something deeper uh, I'm just wondering how do you know when to stop like uh, a lot of people could go on and on and on how do you confine it into individual stories? I mean, that's a lot to separate 18 different types of uh, thought. But before you answer that question, um, and I'll ask it again if you want, could you tell our audience a little bit about the types of books that you like to write? So I write a lot of science fiction, and then actually currently I'm writing a high fantasy novel, which is going to be very long, so um, I don't cool. know. I mostly just write science fiction and dystopian novels. Right on. Do you believe in UFOs? I mean, honestly, sure. Like, why not? <laughs> you know? You never know. Uh, could be. And um, 
What would you say out of all the books? I mean, I know the one that you said was the most popular was for bullying, but out of all the books, which one do you feel like you enjoyed writing the most? Oh, Never Dying Without a Doubt. It was so much fun to write,、um, and it's fun to reread too. Oh, so you actually reread your books too? Occasionally. Jesus, you sure you're not using your twin sister to pull off all this extra work? <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing, boy. You make、uh, a lot of us at an older age feel like,、uh, you know, that we should be motivated. Honestly, I'm really shocked、um, that you've accomplished so much at such a young age. You have a very bright future.、Uh, it's very exciting, anyway. Sometimes folks don't do what you're doing until they get to be my age, and <clears throat> at that point, you know, everything's different.、Um, How do you feel like your life is going to turn out differently because of what you've done? You know, you've clearly blazed a trail with all your own, and you have a really special talent and a knack for telling stories, and quite capable in getting work done. There's no question about that.、Um, how do you see your life developing as a result of all this, as opposed to if you were one of those normal kids that just sat around and played video games all day? Well, I want to be an author when I grow up, and I want to like continue writing. So I think it's going to help me a lot. And、uh, honestly, like all I want is really an amplified、um, version of what I have now. Right on. That should not be a problem. Do you have a goal as to how many books you'd like to write in your life, or is that all just an open ticket?、Hmm, that's a good question. A lot, at least.、Um, <laughs> My goal has been、um, 20 books by the time I turn 15, and I'm currently writing my 20th book. So, right on! Congratulations! Very good.、Thanks. Very good.、Um, very, very good. And are there other people that you've met that are in your age bracket that、uh, have a similar, you know, penchant, if not passion, for writing, or do you really just stand out by yourself and there's no one to talk to? Do you have other people that? Can understand where you're coming from, and they like to do the same thing.、Um, how does that work in your life? I have online friends that do, but、um, only like a few in-person friends that like to write. Right on. That's cool. Do you guys get together and have like writing parties and stuff? We haven't yet, but it's a really good idea. Oh, totally. It would be.、Uh, they have a thing here. I live in Central Arizona, and、uh, there's a town here called Prescott, and it's like、um, really kind of cool and. You know the creative people go there, and it's got all the old Victorians and lots of history and stuff like that.、Um, but they have、um, these groups that meet where you get together and do writing, you know, workshops or whatever, and everybody gets together and writes and stuff. But in that case, it's a bunch of strangers, and I'm I'm guessing somebody that shows up all the time. <laughs> There's always one that shows up all the time. They want you to hear、yeah. what they've written, the latest thing that they've written, and never published. Um, but that's a different story. You don't have that problem at all.、Um, how do you go about publishing? If you don't mind me asking, is that a secret, or is that something、no. that anyone can do? I mean, is it magic? How does it work? I think basically anyone can publish a book.、Um, it depends if they really want to or not. For me, I self-publish my books with Kindle Direct Publishing, and then I use Ingram Sparks for my hardcovers. It's、um, a self-publishing platform owned, owned by Amazon. So distributors sell books to like Amazon.、Um, they're on Barnes and Noble, I think. Walmart.com. Basically, anywhere you can buy books online, and you can get them in bookstores too. It's fairly easy. You just have to fill out like an online form and upload your manuscript to your public file and stuff. 
Um, wow. that's how I, do, I'll, I might end up basically publishing when I'm older, however, for now. So. Right on. So you don't have to invest in an ISBN number? Um, they assigned them, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Deal. Oh, yeah. That was, in the old days, that was the big expense that was related to that. Getting your own ISBN number, and it's like thousands of dollars. And that's really cool. That makes it a lot easier, for sure. And that's through Amazon, right? Yeah. Very cool. When you're writing, who's your target audience? Like, who do you think about when you're writing, or do you think about, is it for everybody? Is it for younger, older people, men, women, all the above? Aliens from Mars. What, who do you like to write for? Well, I think that anyone who enjoyed my book, how my very specific target audience would be a young adult audience. So teenagers um, age 12 to 18. Some of my books are okay for like people 12 and up, some of them like 14 and up, so it really depends. But really just that. Mm -hmm. And as far as young people reading, I mean, do they actually do that? I didn't. I know that you do, but do they do that? <laughs> I yeah. didn't know. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> um, so when you're writing to another young person, I'm just gonna guess that it's a sense of love that you have and compassion, and you want to share something that can help them. Is that about right? Yeah. Cool. And uh, tell me a little bit about some of the messages that you've given to people that would be helpful in their lives. Think about some things that stand out, you know, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, there are times when you're probably writing and you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, oh my God, that was so perfect. I can't believe it. Oh my Lord. Oh yes, that's it. And it's like, you've got something really special. You know, and there's always gems in things that I think as a uh, creative person that we tend to appreciate, you know, in our own work, and our own art. Um, tell me a little bit about what you feel your most profound or important messages might be to other young people and uh, how that, you know, might help them a little bit. I think it really depends on the book, but for like you won't know her name, um, the big message is like you're not alone, sort of. I um, actually recently annotated the entire book to try to figure out like which where the messages were. Sorry, it was really difficult. Um, this is my other book. Um, the messages are a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. I, I unfortunately it's a little hard for me to name specifics because I often forget like which book. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I can't imagine with that many different things. Um, I'd have to have a piece of paper with notes to keep track of all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever had uh, a young person read your book and give you feedback? Not very often. I just think like young people don't really use or use the book. But, um, yeah, no, it hasn't happened yet. Okay. But that's something that you'll get, you know, sooner or later. Um, do you do appearances? Like... Isn't that one of the things that people do? Writers go and show up at a Barnes and Noble and sign copies of a book and stuff. Like, are you going to do stuff like that later on? I do. Um, actually, my books were sold in a bookstore in Los Angeles for a while, and I snuck in the bookstore and signed one of the books and left it there. Um, then I right on. <laughs> that's, so, that's so nice. Right on. Um, but it's like actual formal book signings. And I was at the San Diego Festival of Books. Right on. That's cool. And is there like, you said festival of books, is there like, um, you know, what is it, Sundance for the movies? Like they have this thing once a year and all the amateurs get together and submit, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Is there a, such a thing like that for books? 
Sort of. Um, there are like festival books where, um, sorry, I'm blanking on the words. There's like festival books, and part of it is like authors speaking, and then there's like a bunch of like people with booths um, where they sell their books. And I got to sell my book um, at a booth. Right on. That is really, really cool. Very, very cool. And do you handle all your own finances and stuff, or do you get help from mom and dad or someone to help you with that kind of stuff? I handle with most of my own finances. Right on. That is really great. You should be really proud of yourself, are you? Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to remember that like this is actually like special, if that makes sense. I understand that, yeah, because it's you, right? Like, you just being you, and you don't know the difference because you're you. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. It is special, and I think the reason it's special, in case you haven't heard this before, I'll tell you my take on it. Um, because there's a world of lazy people with constant influence that's not helping anybody get ahead. We're inundated with fattening foods. There's questions about all sorts of things in society from safety to health and all sorts of other things. And uh, to have a young person to have their head screwed on straight enough to actually focus for more than 10 minutes is a pretty big achievement alone. But for years and to actually have something to show for it is very special. And you should never forget that. And don't let yourself ever underestimate the power of that because that's your calling card, you know? And it's only you that could have done that. You're the only one that has your name writing those books in the way that you are. And clearly you have a gift and that's what really makes it special. So, you know, when you think about it, like, at least from my perspective, you should always remember that like, you are special and it doesn't matter what anyone else ever says. And the reason that you're special is because you're giving yourself to enhance another person's life. You're you're sacrificing a part of yourself and sharing your time and your energy in a way that can actually do good. It's not a selfish act, you know? So that's the thing. And, uh, you know, kids today don't always think that way. So when a young person stands up and is actually going after it, there's an old saying that's like, you know, uh, I only want to help someone who wants to help themselves. and. You know, never could it be more true than with a young person, you know, because young people have been led to believe that everything comes along so easy and you don't have to work for it. And it's instant gratification. If they watch enough rap videos, they get really delusional. Um, but, you know, it's cool. I like rap, but I know that life doesn't work that way. And half those cars in those videos are rented. Same with the mansions, yeah. you know, right? And uh, it's just a, an illusion. So if nothing else, at the very least, it's real. And that's what's so amazing. And this world of illusions to have people who are willing to really be real. And I'd say that that would be, at least from my own understanding of you, my biggest compliment to you is that for such a young person, you're awfully real and, you know, well-developed. It seems like you're like a 30 or well, I won't say 40 because that might be insulting, but a 30-year-old in a 14-year-old's body, you know, um, quite frankly, it's hard to achieve the things that you've done for a lot of people. But let's talk a little bit about motivating people to actually get something, you know, going. So if there's someone out there that likes the idea of writing or maybe they've been told, hey, you should write, you know, or maybe they've got issues that they need to write about just to help them 
deal with the struggle of the trauma or whatever, what kinds of things would you say to those people to help them stay motivated and uh, realize that, you know, one day after the next, uh, today might not be great, but tomorrow will be better as long as you achieve your goals, you'll have, you know, a predictable outcome. That's a mouthful. I for motivation, honestly, a really big thing is to build a habit of writing. Other than that, I know I touched upon that earlier, I believe other than that, it is um, very helpful just to sit down and clear your mind. If you can't think of something, if you're feeling unmotivated, clear your mind and just try to get a blank page and write and actually just see where it goes. Um, another thing, honestly, is to set goals um, for your book and to kind of basically come up with plot points of things you're really excited to write. However, you have to write everything in between before you can get to them. Absolutely. And uh, what about if someone's having a bad day? Should they still continue along the path and write? Or do you skip a day every now and then? Usually for me, writing is how I get through bad days and it makes me feel better to write, but it definitely does depend on the person. If like you think it's going to impact the writing and like what happens in your book, then I advise not to. However, um, really that's how I get through bad days. Very cool. So for you, writing creates a sense of uh, peace and relaxation or letting go, let's say, of whatever it is you're writing about? Yeah. Cool. Um, how many of your books are um, directed at all by your own experience? I know fantasy and, you know, different things, sci-fi and all that stuff is imagination, but how much of your own real-life experience is written into your book? each book you will find little things that like kind of are reminiscent of my real life experiences however for the most part it is fiction right on that's cool so if anything you might use one experience as like a story outline but it doesn't necessarily reflect all the details yeah that's awesome that's very cool and um being your age i'm imagining you're still in school correct yeah i'm in ninth grade I just started Wow, that's crazy. Ninth grade. Wow, enjoy it. High school can be a lot of fun. Enjoy it. And are you going to go to college after this, or do you need to go to college? I want to. I think it would be fun. Yeah? What would you study? Probably English or creative writing. Very good. Do you have a school in mind? Um, I'm actually not sure. Not that far into it yet? Yeah. Cool. That's okay. No worries. And um, with regard to managing school and your writing, I mean, a thousand words a day sounds like homework, and nobody wants to do homework. How do you balance and juggle all that? So for me, I try to space out the writing. As long as I'm doing a thousand words per day or more, it's okay. Right now, I'm going to try to do 2,000 words today because I actually wow. wrote half school. Wow. Um, I write it like during homeroom and anytime I have free time. Otherwise, when I get home, I'll balance out um, like between doing writing and schoolwork. Thankfully, right now I actually don't have any homework. So for the most part, like I can chill for the rest of the day and write a little. That is super cool, amazing. And when you're off writing, do people generally know what you're doing? Like most people, oh look, Shanti's over there writing again. Yeah. <laughs> Is it hard to get you to do extracurricular activities? Are you are you that locked into your own experience, or do you still do fun things outside of 
school and writing and all that? Do you have recreational, you know, habits and things like hiking or do you go to the beach? Like, how do you balance all of this effort? You know, because with all that effort, certainly you've got to have some some uh, downtime, you know, even a young person. But uh, how do you do it? Occasionally, um, I used to play more sports in like sixth, seventh grade. Right now, I'm kind of in between sports, so there's that. But really, I do try to get outside. I try to go and walk because if I'm stuck in my room all day, it's really not good. Yeah, totally. That can be a bummer. Um, but at least you've got the nice weather of Southern California. That definitely. Man, just going outside really makes a bad day a little bit better sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. I think so. That's cool. Very, very cool. And when you're talking to other people who might like to write, you're not just talking to young people, you're talking to everybody, right? Yeah. That's cool. Do you think adults can learn from you? I mean, maybe. Why not? I don't know. Do you have the, do you have the confidence? Clearly. True. I feel like adults could, I feel like they also could learn from other adults too. But then again, I feel like I could be pretty inspiring to them. Have you ever heard the saying, an old soul? Yeah. Okay. Do you think that you're an old soul? I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can dig it. And I would agree completely, totally, totally. And uh, part of the reason I was kind of pointing that out is, you know, a lot of times we tend to think that older people are wiser than young people, but I think that it's important to keep an eye on what young people are thinking too. And every now and then somebody like you pops out with all kinds of things. And, you know, that's really, I don't think anybody is beyond learning from that, quite frankly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. Do your parents ever come to you and say that they've gleaned something? I know that you you told me about the feedback and they tell you, you know, they'll read it or whatever, but like, is there anything that really sticks out that either of your parents have mentioned to you that's like, you know, wow. Um, a little, like there are just some kind of, you know, instances where they read my book and they give me um, kind of compliments on it. Otherwise, it's, like, it's so hard to think of specifics, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. That's the that's the fun part of the show is not having to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's also a little challenging when I ask these questions. But that's the point. Um, it's definitely candid, but that's okay. Um, if you think of something, let me know. Uh, but I was just kind of wondering, you know, uh, maybe something that you were proud of that your parents came back and said, you know, wow, um, I didn't know that you understood that or. You know, that was a really good point that you made, or like, you know what, I could see that really helping somebody. Have you ever had those types of feedback where, you know, yeah. specific, can you think of any examples of those types of things? Yeah, I think um, particularly after my parents read You Won't Know Her Name, they had a lot, a lot of positive feedback about how it could help people, and that was really helpful to me at the time. Because I wasn't sure that it was like one, a good book, and two, that it was actually like worth publishing. Mm-hmm. You didn't think it was worth publishing? At first, no. I just thought it was kind of silly and I didn't publish it. And I mean, it's really my most popular book, so. That's so crazy. What was it that made you think that it wasn't something to run with? I just didn't want to have to deal with people I knew reading it and like knowing what happened to me. And I didn't want people from my school to find it. However, if that happened, it was fine, so. Mm, that's crazy. 
Wow. And then what was the deciding factor to go ahead and do it? Um, so originally what I was going to do is I was going to publish it, but I wasn't really going to tell anyone. So I ended up just throwing it online with a cover I just designed myself at midnight. And then I announced it to my social media the next day. And it did extremely well on the launch day. That kind of kind of made me decide to market it more. I did get the cover redesigned since, by the way. Beautiful cover that mm-hmm. um, you'll now find on the book. It's not the same one that it was originally published with. Oh, I see. Okay, that's cool. Yes, yes, very cool. And um, we're getting pretty close, and I just want to talk a little bit about uh, some advice and thoughts that you might have for people relating to your subject matter. I know bullying is very important to you, but anything else that you uh, might like to share, we want to take a few minutes and make sure we get to that. Are there any thoughts that you have for young people listening, or even old people for that matter? Uh, that you might like to share some uh, tips or advice, anything like that. So, um, specifically, just actually for anyone, this is related to writing, but also can really be related to anything. Your age does not define what you can do in most things. I mean, of course, if it's like something that's illegal, don't do it. Um, but in terms of like writing particularly, your age does not define your talent, how much work you put into it does. If you write every single day, if you keep practicing, then you're going to be a really great writer in no time at all. And you're never too old to write and publish a book. There's no expiration date for that. And you're never really too young to publish a book. However, I mean, if you're like six years old and um, your parents want to publish your book, like, I mean, that's up to you. But still, you're like never too old to write a book. I feel like you're never too young to write a book. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, a toddler probably can't write a book, but you don't know, because. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can anyone write a book, you think? I think so. It kind of depends on how much um, time they're willing to put into it and how much they're really willing to work, which a lot of people aren't willing to work that hard. That's why kind of not everyone can write a book. But technically, like, if you really think about it, like, I was 12 when I wrote my first novel, so I feel like anyone's really good. Absolutely. And does it take a lot of research, or because of the nature of your writing, is it mostly imagination? Because of like my subject matter, yeah, it's really just imagination. Cool. So if somebody's thinking like, gosh, if I have to write a book, I've got to research everything, might not might not be entirely true, right? Yeah. That's good. That's good. That would probably uh, put me off a little bit <laughs> from doing it. <laughs> but that's that's okay. And if um, and I'm sure that they will, and I want them to. If someone wanted to read some of your books, how would they go about finding you? So you can find me on um, Amazon.com if you look up my name. You can also find me. Um, you can also find me on like Amazon. Wait, I just said that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you can also find me okay. uh, on my website, which is ShantiHutchinson.com, and you can find me on like Instagram and TikTok and everything like that. Okay, cool. And it's Shanti Hershenson. I'll spell it. It's S H A N T I. H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. Is that right? Yeah. ShantiHershenson.com. That's cool. Did you build your own website? I did. You did? Yeah. Good for you. How'd you learn to do that? Um, so I, I used to, um, when I was younger, be really interested in um, like web design. That was one of the careers I wanted when I was older. So I just learned how to create websites at a very young age. So... What did you use to do it, if you don't mind me asking? I used um, Wix, but 
Right on. I always wanted to do um, HTML because I learned HTML in elementary school, but it's <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel so stupid. I've been building websites for over 20 years, and um, I love it. You know, I've really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, just to get by or whatever, but mostly as a passion. And, uh, yeah, when I started with HTML, it was a nightmare. It was Dreamweaver, and then... Finally, I graduated to WordPress. And oh, I never, love WordPress. I love WordPress, too. It is so great. I love it a lot. But I built a website with Wix or Weebly, one of those two, for a friend. And it actually turned out really nice. I'm quite impressed with it, to be honest with you. I was really surprised, yeah. It didn't look like that before. Like, do-it-yourself website builders were terrible. But they've come a long way, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Not that you would know the difference. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you're a, you're a Google for lifer. Do you think that there'll be a Google when you're old? I think maybe. It's a pretty successful business, so. Yeah, I'll say, but a little too successful, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, they call it a uh, M O N O P O L Y. Yeah. Yeah, not a good thing. Not a good thing. And so, Shanti Hershison, this has been more than a pleasure. And quite frankly, I really appreciate the fact that you were so willing and able to share of yourself in this way. It means a lot to me. And I really hope that you're able to inspire other young people and even older people and parents, you know, to be appreciative of their kids and to motivate them and to love them and encourage them when they have an idea or something. Because that's really what happened to you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so you had a dream and a vision and your family was supportive and here you are. Like you're yeah. not even you're not even old yet. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well I would love to check in with you again and see how you're doing and hear about your success, which I know will be great. Again, if you'd like to reach uh Shanti Hershenson and read her wonderful books, which really are quite amazing and diverse. You won't be disappointed. It's Shanti, S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. And I'll have a link to it from the podcast show website as well. So I just want to thank you as well. And uh, you should definitely thank your parents on my behalf. Uh, tell them that I really appreciate them raising such a good young lady. Uh, you definitely are well beyond your years. And I hope you don't forget that as you grow and face other challenges in your life. I really do. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, because believe me, it looks fun right now, but uh, yeah, stuff's about to get real. <laughs> just wait till you get out of high school. Oh, you're going to love your first electricity bill. Just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> it's not that bad, but by then you'll be rolling. So, you know, who cares? You're going to be like a publishing mogul by then. So, you know, it'll be like limousines and helicopters for you. Yeah. I hope. Not quite that extravagant. You would keep it light if you got rich, wouldn't you? Would you live a normal life? Or if you won a million dollars tomorrow or got a book deal that was like crazy huge, like would you change your lifestyle at all? Maybe. I'm not quite sure. It's a good question. All right. Cool. Something to think about for next time. Beautiful. So I really appreciate you being on the show today, Shanti. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I hope to speak again in the future.
Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast Show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.